to the preaching and teaching ministry of Marion Oaks Assembly of God in Ocala, Florida. We invite you to open your Bible as we join Pastor Tim McIntyre for today's message for Bible study. Tonight is kind of a follow-up of our Bible study from last week. Last week, we talked about how our words matter. Tonight, we're going to talk about how our thoughts matter. Um, If you were to think about what the biggest struggles are in your life, or what the biggest struggles might be in anybody's life, whether they're a Christian or not, but especially if they're a Christian, what determines whether you have victory in these areas or not is dependent on a number of things But one of the most important thing is your thoughts. Your thoughts affect everything. They really do matter. Uh, There's a saying that says it's the thought that counts. I know that means actually something else. (laughs) You want to do good for somebody, but you don't have the money, time, or effort, but you try to do something, or you try to do something, it doesn't turn out, but at least you thought the right thing. But you know, that phrase is true in so many ways. It's the thought that counts. Our thoughts tremendously influence every area of our lives. And so I want us to take some time to look at that tonight because most of the problems we have, most of the sins we struggle with, most of the personality issues that other people have, because you guys don't have any personality issues, I know, those of you that are here tonight, you know, but the most of the personality issues that people struggle with, the problem and the solution has to do with our minds. Okay? The passage I want to use as the basis for our study tonight is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5, and this passage is really about spiritual warfare, that we have an enemy that's not a physical enemy, that's not a human enemy, but it's in the spiritual realm, but he works primarily, since he's not a physical enemy, in our thoughts. And so this passage is talking about how in spiritual warfare we've got to be careful about our thoughts, but what what Paul says here applies to every area of our lives and how it's affect how they are affected by our thoughts. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 to 5 says, "For though we walk in the flesh, whereas we're physical, we're not waging war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ." So in its immediate context, Paul's talking about the enemy's going to come against you in your thoughts. And if you want to have victory over the enemy, you've got to deal with these thoughts. You've got to take them captive. You've got to do something about them. And again, that's true not just for spiritual warfare. That's for every area of our lives. So if our thoughts are that important, what can we do about them? Or what should we do about them? Before we get into the meat of this lesson... What comes to your mind when you think about your thoughts? What should we do? What can we do about our thoughts to have a positive influence in our life? Lisa. Try to keep our thoughts clean and pure. Okay? And that's not always easy. Yep. What other thoughts come to your mind? Whatever thoughts you come. What would you say, Chris? Pray. Yeah, we need God's help, right? Yeah. And prayer is a process that it can help cleanse our thoughts, get them going the right direction. Any other thoughts about what we should do about our thoughts? Debbie. Okay, so to summarize and paraphrase to make it simple, great comments. Focus on the positive. <laughs> Minimize the negative. We do have to deal with the negative, 
And sometimes we have to talk about the negative. We go to the doctor. We've got to tell him what's going on. You know, and we share prayer requests. But let's not focus so much on the negative. Let's focus on the positive. I saw a hand over here, and then I'll come back over here. Who was over here that had your hand up? Maybe I imagined it. Okay, Verissa. Use positive distractions. Yeah. You know, the negative can really draw us. So we've got to have a distraction is a good way, something to distract us, to pull us away from, to, you know, help us turn our attention away from the negative. Yes. Yes. Quote, repeat Bible verses that counteract whatever negative or bad thoughts might be there. Did I see another hand? Pat, we're going to take that and then we need to move on. Watch what we watch. Don't we always watch what we watch? That's right. So when you say watch what we watch, you're not being redundant. You're saying be careful about what we watch. Okay, I said that was going to be the last one, but I see Chris's hand. We'll take Chris's comment, then we're going to move on. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, we need to capture. That's a phrase that Paul uses here. We need to capture our thoughts. He says take them captive. That means we've got to do something with them. And it has kind of an idea of an aggressive type thing. We don't need to just kind of float through life and, things, and thoughts just float through our minds. We need to actively do something about it because, as he said, if we don't capture our thoughts, our thoughts can capture us. That's good, Chris. That should be on the note sheet. So you can write that on there. All right. Let's jump in. I've got a couple of main areas here. And the first one is this. Identify dangerous thoughts. I call them dangerous thoughts. All right. Identify dangerous thoughts. How I define dangerous thoughts on your note sheet there. Dangerous thoughts are anything inconsistent with God's truth. If we're a follower of Jesus Christ, we have a relationship with God, we believe that God really is God, and he created the world, and he knows what's best, he knows what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, and we want to line up with that, then we need to identify anything that's not consistent with his truth. And anything that's not consistent with his truth can be dangerous. And why are these kind of thoughts so dangerous? Why are thoughts in general, how, how come thoughts in general can be dangerous? Farissa. Because what? Because if we think it, it can manifest itself in actions. And if you've got the wrong thoughts, it can manifest itself in the wrong actions. And not just actions, but words, attitudes, all kinds of stuff. I heard some Sharon? They can be very destructive. We talked about that last week with words. This kind of actually is kind of at the root of the words because the words were thoughts first, right? Except for the people don't think before they speak. But, still true. Are you confessing that's you, Chris, or you got something to say? Okay. Easy to be honest. That's me. That's me. All right. So thoughts can be dangerous because they manifest themselves in other things. They manifest themselves in words, attitudes, actions. And not only that, even things that don't manifest themselves on the outside is they can mold and shape you on the inside, all right? Um, on your note sheet, I have this. Whatever you think about, you become. Whatever you think about, you become. Now, the next line on your note sheet, it says, if you think blank thoughts, you will become a blank person. What do you think goes in those blanks? Negative? So if you think negative thoughts, you will become a negative person. Can anything else fit in there? Bad. If you think bad thoughts, you will think be a bad. See, I left that one blank on purpose and it's blank on the screen because you can put almost any word in there. A positive or a negative. If you think negative thoughts, you become a negative person. If you think positive thoughts, you can become a positive person. If you think lying thoughts, you can be a lying person, right? 
If you think sinful thoughts, it can shape you to make you a sinful person. If you think lustful thoughts, it will make you a lustful person. If you think fearful thoughts, it can make you a fearful person. Doubting thoughts, just about any positive or negative thing you put in there. And that's why I left it blank. So you can put whatever you want in there, all right? If you think like God, you can become like Jesus. Anyway, so I've got a whole list there, those A through G, blank thoughts. What are different categories of thoughts that can be destructive? Before I give you what I've got, before I give you my list, what are some categories of thoughts that can be destructive? Depressive thoughts, okay? And we've already mentioned some negative thoughts. That's been mentioned several times. What other kind of thoughts can be destructive? Verissa? Fearful thoughts. What else? Joe? Prideful thoughts. Yeah? Angry thoughts. Amanda? Dramatic or traumatic? Both of them are true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other? I keep saying, want to say any other thoughts? <laughs> All right. Worrisome. Yeah. Anxious. I can't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Selfish. You know, almost any negative thing can fit here. I just kind of divide them up into um, categories, and these categories overlap. All right. I mean, you may think of certain things that actually fit in several of these categories, but I wanted to kind of list these because this. This is, can become something that can help us examine our hearts, examine our minds, examine our lives to see what are we focusing on. What is it that we are spending time dwelling on in our heads uh, that may not be helpful? Um, letter A, I have sinful thoughts, and that really can cover a lot of them. All right, some sinful thoughts. What are some examples of sinful thoughts? I mean, don't describe them. I'm just saying. What would fall into that category? Lying. Lying. What else? Lust. Cheating, stealing, lust. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things would fall in. What would you say? Envy. Envy. Yeah. Letter B, I have satanic thoughts. Now, by that, I don't mean that you're sitting around thinking about worshiping Satan. I'm thinking about specifically thoughts that Satan would love for us to dwell on and he would try to put into our minds. Okay, I'm thinking along the lines of things of temptation and encouragement to do what is wrong. Those would be satanic thoughts. Okay, letter C, um, we talked about this one already, is negative thoughts. Negative thoughts. Always looking at the negative. Always wanting to believe the worst. All right, doubt would be a great th- negative thought. Again, there's a lot of these that would fit into several categories. Letter D, I have fearful thoughts. Fearful thoughts. Worry. Anxiety. Okay? Focusing on, you know, the worst is going to happen rather than the best or, or, or whatever. Okay? Um, e. Uh, discontented thoughts. These often come when we are focused on ourselves. All right? Um, discontented about your life, about yourself, about things. All right. Letter F, critical thoughts. You know, and some people struggle with this more than others, being very critical. You know, what'd you say? Self-critical. Yeah, it can be self-critical and critical of others, critical of yourself. All right. Um, 
critical of your workplace, critical of church, critical of whatever your environment might, environment might be. And then letter G is lying thoughts. Anything that's not true. Now, this can fall into the area of false teaching as we talk about serving the Lord and, and, and that kind of thing. All right. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 4, See that no one leads you astray. The New International Version says, See that no one deceives you. We have an enemy that would love to deceive us, that would love to lead us astray through lying thoughts. All right, so the first thing there is identify dangerous thoughts. Well, it's great that we identify them, but then what do we do with them? Uh, number two, reject the dangerous thoughts. Before I give you what I got on my notes here, how do you reject negative thoughts? What did you say, Sharon? Counteracting them with positive thoughts. Okay, what did you say, Lisa? Same thing. The thing that's not successful is to sit there saying, I'm not going to think about this. I'm not going to think about this. I'm not going <laughs> to. That just does not work, right? All right. Any other ideas about how we reject dangerous thoughts? Lisa, uh, Linda. Okay, scripture. All right. Okay, that's, that's one category of replacing them with positive thoughts. A great category. Yeah, Chris. So reject dangerous thoughts on the note sheet there I have, letter A. Reject dangerous thoughts that come to you. In other words, these are not things that you've gone out looking for. Um, they just, they're just there, you know. I mean, even if you were to isolate yourself in your house and not ever watch or look at or read or listen to anything, you would still have the wrong kind of thoughts that come. You know, it's really interesting. Down through history, there have been times that people have tried to become more spiritual and draw closer to God with the greatest of, and they become hermits, you know, or they go off into the desert or live in caves or get away from people. And they would have the testimony that was even harder for them, you know, because they were so isolated and so much was going on in their head. All right. But reject dangerous thoughts that just come to you. I mean, these are not thoughts that you're actually looking for. Okay. But they're just there. You're driving down the road. There's a billboard. You know, and it just stirs something in your mind, or you hear something on the radio, or, or it just c- comes out of the blue. And as Chris said, many times that's the enemy. If it's a negative, bad thing, he's just going to stick that in there. All right? And sometimes you can't help it. They just show up. But we have to reject them. I think it was Martin Luther that said this. You can't stop a bird from landing on your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. In other words, you can't stop a thought that's just there, but you choose whether you're going to dwell on it, okay? And that's what the next line says, don't dwell on them, all right? Don't wallow in them. And there's so many different types of thoughts that we're tempted to just dwell on, all right? Um, Lust is one of them. Envy, you know, if we're frustrated with somebody, those angry thoughts, all right? Self-pity. Oh, I feel so sorry for myself. I have it so bad, you know. Or discontentment. Well, you know, you were in Kent, contented until you saw what somebody else had, <laughs> you know. Um, I'll tell you, one of the greatest things for discontentment is just look at how the rest of the world lives. You know, spend some time looking at how most of the rest of the world lives, and you won't be so discontented with what, what you have for yourself. A criticism is so easy to dwell on, all right? So don't dwell on them. And, and going back to what Chris said earlier, Pray. 
you know, because all of us probably have certain areas when we get these negative thoughts, we know we should reject them, but our flesh says, just kind of, just let it simmer there a little bit, you know, and that's where it causes, so pray, God, help me, help me not to want to dwell on this, all right, there are different areas of weakness that we might have, pray and say, God, help me to stop listening to the enemy, there's a great example in Jesus's life, in Matthew 16, verses 21 to 23, um, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you're a hindrance to me. For you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Now, he wasn't calling Peter Satan. He wasn't trying to say Peter was demon-possessed or Satan-possessed. He was basically saying, Peter, you're saying what the enemy would say to me. Because the enemy had already said that to Jesus. You don't have to go to the cross. You know, I'll give you the whole world. And you want to go to the cross. All you got to do is serve me. And so I point that as an example because even Jesus had the battle of this. But his response is great. He says, get behind me, Satan. I tell you, there's times I say that in my head. There's times I say that out loud, not usually in public because people will think I'm a little crazy, you know. But when those thoughts come or whatever, attitudes like, oh, that's the enemy. Get behind me, Satan, you know. So the first one is reject dangerous thoughts that come to you. The second one, their letter B, is what Pat said a little bit earlier. Be very careful what you feed your mind. And she explained it so well. How do you feed your mind? You feed your mind with what you watch, what you listen to, what you meditate on, okay? Um, what you read, the places you go on the internet, what you do with your social media. Just anything you take in through your eyes, your ears, whatever, it feeds your mind. And again, you can't say, just say, I'm not going to think about that. You know, I could tell you don't think about a pink elephant standing right here in the middle of the aisle i'm just saying we're all thinking about this pink elephant standing right here in the middle of the aisle you can't do that all right but be very careful what you feed your mind all right and then the third thing is something you guys have mentioned quite a bit tonight replace dangerous thoughts with god's truth replace dangerous thoughts with god's truth one of the best passages about this is philippians 4 8 many of you could probably quote it Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. All right. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to have some kind of Pollyanna attitude, you know, um, and we never deal with the negative. You've got to deal with the negative in your life, but it's what are you focused on? What do you go to? Okay, um, some subpoints here. Letter A: Turn to God's truth when dangerous thoughts show up. So we just talked about that a minute. You're going through life. You're not even pursuing it, but also this thoughts there. Turn to God's truth. God's truth can set us free from the enemy's lies. Jesus said in John eight thirty one to thirty two, "If you abide in my word." You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All right? Um, God's words can help kind of flush those negative thoughts out. I think of a glass that's got dirt in it. 
has gotten kind of muddy. You know, what's the best way to clean that? Stick it under the faucet, turn the, the water on, and you've got clear water running in there. And it, it stirs up. It makes a mess there for a while. But as it, as it over, if it overflows, you know, it dissolves that mud. The mud gets flushed out. And after a while, you've got clean water in there, right? And God's word can do that to our souls and to our spirits and to our minds. Okay? But don't just wait till the dangerous thoughts show up. Letter B. Plant God's truth before the dangerous thoughts show up. You know, every once in a while, quite often actually, I'll say something like, that's another good reason to spend time in God's word. Okay? Whether we're talking about building a relationship or something. I mentioned it on Sunday and I can't remember what context was. This is another one. When you spend time in God's word and you get it in your heart, you get it in your spirit, you get it in your mind before the thoughts come. It's like, you know, reinforcing what's good and what's positive. On your note sheet, I have this. Renew your mind by meditating on God's truth. Renew your mind by meditating on God's truth. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay? Letter C. This one takes a little bit of work. Know God's truth, not just that it exists. What do I mean by that? If you battle with anxiety, you need to know what God's word says about it. Instead of just saying, well, I know the Bible talks about anxiety and we should be anxious somewhere. That's not going to be real helpful. You know, if you battle with lust, know what God's word says about lust. If you battle with anger, know what God's word says about anger. Because when you get in the middle of all these thoughts bombarding you, and you got to take the time to stop whatever you're doing and try to look it up and figure out where this is at. It's going to be a mess. So know about it ahead of time. Got two subpoints there. The first one is this. Know God's truth for your specific situation. I just mentioned that. You know what your weaknesses are. Okay? Study what God's word says about it. Memorize some scriptures. If you're not good at memorizing, type it up. Put it on your phone where you can call it up. Whatever. Okay, send yourself emails. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it takes. All right? Uh, most phones have a thing where you can just record. You know, record what Scripture says about it and all that kind of stuff and play it back to yourself. All right? So know God's truth for your specific situation. But then the second bullet point is know God's truth in general. Again, a great reason to spend time in God's Word. Read God's Word. Study God's Word. Meditate on God's Word. Proverbs 4.13 says, keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. All right? So I just encourage you or challenge you, what are you doing to get to know the truth? All right? And then letter D is confess God's truth. All right? Confess God's truth. I want to encourage you. I've got three sta- five, four statements on here. I want to encourage you, it's kind of homework anyway, to fill in what goes after that dot, dot, dot concerning whatever situation that you struggle with with your thoughts. God is, God will, I am, I can. So what are some possible things that we could say? God is what? To help deal with negative thoughts. God is what? God is faithful. God is love. God is able. God is merciful. God is forgiving. 
God is loving. Does he say? Okay. What else? God is willing to help. God is what else? God is patient. Let me give you some more. I got down here. God is my healer. God is my deliverer. God is my forgiver. Giver. Yeah. God is my savior. God is my wisdom giver. God is my peace giver. God is my shelter in the storm. God is my hiding place. God is my strength. You know, scriptures are full of what God is. Positive thoughts of what he wants to be for his people. Okay. How about God will? God will what? We've got a lot of answers now. Let's take them one at a time. Because it's all just a jumble. God will what? God will make a way. God will provide. Would you say, Dorothy? God will deliver. Amanda. Oh, you said the same one. God will heal. God will do what else? Joe? God will protect. Sharon? God will sustain. God knows it all. That can be positive or negative. If you say God knows it all and he still loves us, that's a good thing, right? All right. So God will work all things for the good of those who love him called according to his purpose, right? Okay. God will provide. God will strengthen. That's what I have. Now, let's, let's look at the others. I am. What are some I am statements that we can say that are true? I am a child of God, daughter of the king. Chris? Fear not, I am with you. Well, yeah, that's Jesus saying it, but I'm talking about what can we say about ourselves. I am what? I am strong. I am strong. Yeah. In ourselves, no, but in Jesus, definitely. I am strong in Christ. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am not a mistake. I might make some, but I'm not a mistake. I am not a failure. What are some other I am things that we can say that are true? I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. The, the closer it is to scripture, the better it is. But as long as it's scriptural and it's true, it's good. Chris, I am a child of the most high God. I am redeemed. I am forgiven. What else? I am blessed. Amanda? I am worthy. Okay. Linda? I am healed. Confess that you are healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. That's not denying the facts. It's just saying God has provided for my healing. Yeah. I am deserving. Okay. That's what you're thinking of? Okay. All right. Any other thoughts about I am? All right. How about the last one? I can. I can trust him. I can do all things. That's the first thing that came to my mind, too. I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. I can trust him. I can persevere. Knowing that most of these things we can't do by ourselves, but because we're trusting in God. Amanda. I can, I can possess the Holy Spirit. I can have the Holy Spirit active in my life. Yes. I can what else? Chris. I can trust God. You know, sometimes I don't know if I can trust God. I'm going to say, I can trust God. I can trust God. All right. Wasn't that just encouraging to just take five minutes to just fill in the blank, these, with biblical thoughts? You know, biblical principles, and that's what we need to do. That will help us with all the thoughts that we wrestle with that can have the opposite effect. I have one last scripture verse there. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.16. Paul tells Timothy, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching or the doctrine. So basically what you take into your life, keep a close watch on it. Okay. We need to be alert. You know, several places in Scripture says be alert. 
You've got an enemy. Be alert. You know, this thing's going on. Be alert. So we need to be alert and guard our minds and guard our thoughts. So some thoughts, some ideas to contemplate as we wrap this up. I don't know how in the world we got done early, but some things to contemplate. I thought it was going to take longer tonight. Uh, some, that's why I kind of moved along a little quicker. Um, are there thought patterns you need to change or reject today? Okay. You don't need to confess them to me or anybody else, but okay. Well, we need to put it into practice, what we talked about tonight. Are there things that you're putting into your mind that you need to stop? Are there, I'll just not get too detailed, but are there things that you're reading you shouldn't be reading? Are there things you're watching you shouldn't be watching? Are there things you're listening to you shouldn't be listening to? Are there places on the internet you're going you shouldn't be going to? Are there social media sites or whatever that you're using the wrong way? Okay. Um, the last one is, do you need to spend more time in God's word? It amazes me, because this is true for all of us, how easy it is to sit down and watch a two-hour movie because we really enjoy it. And that can be a good thing, too. But we struggle to spend time in God's Word. And we often have people that say, I don't have time for God's Word. But we got plenty of time for anything else that we're really interested in. Yeah, Pat. Oh, yeah, we are so fortunate today. You know, we, we have God's Word wherever we go, first of all, if we've got our phone with us, Right. Because you can access it on your phone, and you not only can read it, but you can listen to it, you know, in any translation you want. And not only that, but all kinds of teachings and podcasts and all that kind of stuff, which if it's not just the pure God's word, you've got you to gotta judge it, you know, because there's a lot of junk out there too, you know. But still, we have so many opportunities to interact with God's word, and we need to do that. But we've got to keep in mind that all these things we've said, we need to do what we can. But it is a spiritual struggle. That's why we started out with it. It is a spiritual warfare thing. We need God's help and we need his spirit to help us. Because I don't know about you, but I find it very easy to know all the right answers and know what I should do and know this, that, and the other, but still struggle to do it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts you want to share before we close in prayer? Yes. That would be a good way to add to our closing prayer is to pray for those for whom their thoughts are very destructive. You know, when we talk about depression, and especially when the spiritual gets involved, you know, depression, people whose thoughts dwell on suicide, self-destruction, maybe not going as far as suicide, but doing other things to be very destructive to themselves, to the others, to their bodies. Um, You know, all you got to do is look at our culture, our society, read the headlines in the news. All the stuff you read about, it started in thoughts. It started in the thoughts. So... All right, well, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we've had tonight to look at your word, to look at principles from your word that affect our thoughts and how they can be very positive, powerful thoughts, but also can be very powerful negative thoughts. Father, we all struggle with various areas in our lives, and it starts in our thoughts. And I pray to God that you would help us not just to be another lesson that we studied and talked about what your word said, and that was good, and there's, here's how we apply it. But, Lord, we'd actually do something about it. You know the areas of weakness we have. Change our hearts, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, for those areas in which we are drawn to the wrong thoughts, Lord Jesus. By the power of your spirit, help us to have victory over them. 
I pray to Lord God that we would get into the habit, and if we already are, even more so, of dwelling on what your word says about our circumstances and about our lives and about uh, everything that's going on, and, and to focus more on the positive than the negative, Lord Jesus, and to counteract the negative with the positive and with your word. I pray you'd help us as we spend time with your word, Lord, that it come alive to us, and that you would guide and lead us to the parts of your word that we need at any particular time. And Father, we thank you that you will empower us and help us to get victory over our thoughts. And if we can get victory over our thoughts, it'll give us victory over other areas of our lives also. God, we pray specifically, Lord, for those people in the world, but people that we know, maybe even our family, that battle with negativity, that battle with criticism, that battle, Lord, with depression and discouragement and with maybe a negative self-esteem, battle with self-destructive thoughts, Lord God because they just don't have any hope or it doesn't seem to take hold. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you would deliver them from any evil spiritual forces at work that's bringing them these thoughts, but, Lord, that they would choose, Lord God, to to kind of get out of that by focusing on you and on your word. And, And, God, help us to have the right words to share in a way that's loving, that won't come across as critical or whatever with people like that, that we can be a joy and an encouragement to them. And Father, I pray that you'd give us spiritual sensitivity, Lord, with people that we know and maybe even at times with strangers or acquaintances, that we will recognize, Lord, when we need to give an encouraging word to help draw them out of a very negative mental situation. Use us in that way, Lord. Father, we just thank you and praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to today's message or Bible study. For more information, please contact us at area code 352-347-3001 or visit us online. If you are interested in supporting this ministry, go to our website and click on the online giving tab. Our website address is www.marionoaksag.org.